Hey everyone, I'm super excited to welcome you all to the inaugural episode of Uncapped Insider. So Uncapped Insider is a podcast series dedicated to revealing the insights of seasoned professionals in sales competition. Here we feature leaders with extensive experience in sales competition, tracing their career journeys with the aim to gather invaluable advice for those who are in early stages of their career. Throughout our episodes, we'll investigate the strategies, revelations, and priceless experiences generously shared by these experts, all with the ultimate goal of propelling your self-composition career to uncharted heights. I'm your host, Siva, the co-founder and CEO of Everstage, and I'm thrilled to have you join us on this enlightening journey. Today's guest is Dan Johnson. Uh, I'm super excited to welcome Dan Johnson today. Uh, Dan is currently the Senior Sales Compensation Manager at Full Story. Uh, Previously, Dan uh, used to work at BD and Microsoft and has over 20 years of experience. Um, But before I go further, uh, I'd like to ask Dan, how did you end up in sales compensation, Dan? Uh, You know, I'm sure you didn't study this in college. Uh, What's your journey through this? And if you could talk through your career on sales compensation as well, that'll really help the audience. Yeah, thanks for having me. Um, so you're right. Nobody, well, I, I don't know of anybody, anyway, that is that went into college or grad school saying I want to do sales compensation. For me, um, I actually I went to law school and I got my law degree and I actually practiced real estate law uh litigation for the first few years of my career. Um when I was in college, that's that's what I wanted to do. Uh, I was a political science and philosophy major, so you know I was all about um, you know uh, analysis and writing and arguing and and all that kind of stuff. About three years into it, uh, I was in private practice, like I said, I was doing real estate litigation, and I just I hated it. <laughs> I just really hated it. Um, it was one of the things where you know you went to went to work every day and. Um, the really the, the main people you talk to were lawyers on the other side who were either telling you you were wrong or stupid or your clients were bad people um, or you had your own clients who were like, I want you to bankrupt my neighbors. Um, so it's, it wasn't it wasn't for me. Um, and um, so I, I quit um, and I pulled one of those. I quit and I didn't have anything else lined up, really, um, which is not something that people usually do, particularly back back then. Um, but uh, we also had uh, our my our, our firstborn was uh, was came along about the same time and um, I needed a job. And so I called a friend. Uh, and we were talking and uh, she worked at Microsoft and she said, yeah, we actually need some temp help um, with some stuff. I'm an incentive compensation analyst and um, I had no idea what that was. Um, and she said, yeah, so we'll we'll bring you in for an interview. There's an Excel test. Um, and as an attorney, I had not used Excel for much of anything. Um, so I literally taught myself how to do pivot tables and VLOOKUPs. Uh, the night before the interview, um, I did okay because uh, I went in and did it and passed. And um, you know, they asked me, you know, you're an attorney. What are you doing here? You know, and I some stuff about you know career change, blah blah blah. I was really hoping to go back into law at some other you know some other field of law. But what ended up happening is is I kind of took to sales comp just naturally. Uh, it was one of those things where um 
once I got into it, it it just it made a lot of sense to me as far as like motivating, take, taking a, a business strategy, putting it into um, you know a motivational form for for salespeople. Um, and within seven months, I was offered a full time job with Microsoft as a as an analyst. Um, I was doing um, their utilization based plan, so their um, their consulting team had billable hours and things like that. Um, within, I want to say a couple of years of that, I was promoted to manager of my team. So I was people managing, um, and I was also doing you know different comp administration as well. Um, and then I, you know, I, I steadily moved up. And, and like I said, it, it was it was one of those things that um, I became really passionate about because very much unlike my legal career, sales compensation is all about collaboration and coming together to achieve goals. Um, and that's really, really, really what, what got me going is 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 to be kind of the, the hub in this business spoke of HR and sales, um, compensation and benefits, um, business strategy, right? All of that stuff coming together and you you take this plan and you execute on it. Um, and then also just, you know, process improvement and, and all those kinds of things, making things better for sellers, making sure sellers understand their plans. Um, so all those things I took to really quickly. Um, I was promoted to manager, like I said, and then um, I was then um, offered a job to take on a design role uh, with Microsoft where I um, would I started to do sales comp design for um, the Bing ads sales team. So that was my first foray into sales comp. Um, honestly, at, at that point, I, I felt I was biting off more than I can chew, but my um, my bosses and, and the leadership there had a lot of confidence in me based on kind of everything that I had done as a as a people leader, as a collaborator, um, and as an analyst as well. Um, so I had a lot of help. Um, and um, so we, we were able to, 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 I was able to go in to do that and steadily given more and more responsibility. And yeah, so that's, that's how I got into it. It's none of a it's I I want to say it's non-standard, but I think everybody kind of getting into sales comp is a little non-standard. So, yeah, that's uh, such an interesting journey for sure, Dan. Uh, in fact, I was really uh, you know interested when you said you know you kind of learned pivot tables and you know all of that uh, before the day of the interview. Uh, how how did you manage to kind of learn at each point in time, right? Because your your progression at Microsoft was really you know, starting off as a temp to then, you know, taking one portion of and, you know, being a sales comp analyst to then rising into manager and then eventually, you know, really getting into design, which is kind of the uh, place where most young professionals want to get uh, uh, get into. Right? So at each point in time, was it just learning on the job or, uh, you know, what were the things that really, uh, you know, what was the mindset that helped you really uh you know, scale up uh, at each of those levels, especially considering, you know, you didn't also come from like a typical math background or, uh, you know, right. uh, anything yeah. of that sort. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I think, you know, one of the one of the main things that um, I found was I was very interested in the business I was supporting. Mm -hmm. um, so, you know, it, it was learning the business, right? Um, you know, I was I was a little bit fortunate that the 
the, the, the sales team or the consulting sales team that I was supporting as an analyst were doing billable hours, which is what I would just doing as an attorney doing billable hours. So there was a little bit of, okay, I understand a little bit of that. Not really though. It's, it's, it's really different. Um, but it, but it, it was it was really being invested in learning the business. How does the business make money, right? How you know how are these people utilized? When are they sent? How are they sent, right? So it's not it, it was a matter of just taking you know the plan I was given, reading it, and being like, okay, I can administer this, and checking the boxes and pushing the buttons, right? Um, I mean, obviously, as an analyst, sometimes there's a lot of that. And sometimes it feels like that's all you're doing is, you know, you're in, you know, the tool every day, setting up people, you know, adding licenses, removing licenses, adding quota, changing, right? All that kind of day-to-day kind of stuff. But what you what I, what I did is, is you really got to peel back the onion, right, and start digging into why is it that we're doing this? What What is the purpose of setting the quota this way? Why are we incentivizing on this versus that, right? And really digging into it because for me what happened was i would take a look at those things right and i would say okay here's what we're trying to do and then here's what's actually happening you know is this being successful or not and i would take that to my my superiors my bosses proactively right not not waiting for somebody to say Hey, what's going on here, right? So proactively, kind of doing that business, even even right, even if it was in the confines of just a one-on-one with my managers, just saying, you know, this is a safe space. I can, you know, bring something up that maybe is not intelligent or or is an of course thing. Everybody knows that, but it's new for me, so I thought I'd bring it up. Um, but it's it it is kind of digging into that and showing that you understand the business you're supporting, um, and then taking taking it to the next level there. And then, so, you know, and, and what that what that turned into is I then became someone who the my the, the leadership would come to and ask questions about the comp plan or how it's going. Um, so that's, that's one of the ways just to kind of show initiative to say, hey, I'm interested in doing these other things. You know, I think the other thing as well the other, I guess, arm of sales compensation, right? There's a design and analysis part of the other arm of it is, is process and governance and administration, right? Um, I think for me in that aspect of it as well, um, you know, I'll, I'm going to let you in a little bit of a dirty secret. The plan I administered at Microsoft was not in a system. It was on a giant Excel, Excel spreadsheet that I had managed for 800 salespeople wow. Um, because the plan was was too complex to put into our regular um put into our regular uh system at the time. Um and so it was one of the things where it was all offline, right? They didn't have any statements of their own. So I created a process where I, you know, I would, you know, customize their statements for them. I would I created customized welcome letters whenever we had a new person on that said, hey, here's, you know, here's your OTE, here's the breakdown, here's what you're paid on, here's how the calculation works, here's an example. And I created basically like mail merge things um, in order to do that. And, um, you know, I, and that's one of the things that got people to notice me as well is that I was proactively trying to make sure that people understood their comp 
Um, people, you know, if there were questions, you know, we, we took care of it right away. Um, and so, you know, it, it's, it's making sure that you, you know, it's kind of like your own little business you're running mm-hmm. as an IC analyst and just running that business the best you can. No, that's fantastic to hear, Dan, because, you know, you mentioned a bunch of different things, um, you know, one, you know, being super proactive and, you know, kind of making, taking those initiatives and showcasing, you know, value uh, to the ultimate, uh, you know, uh, stakeholders that you have, which is the, you know, sales organization in some sense, and, you know, also the finance org. Uh, In fact, you also mentioned uh, at the start about understanding the business, right? Yeah. This is one of the questions that uh, a lot of young uh, analysts have, right? Like, you know, they're, they can do the administration, you know, they can get the comp, uh, you know, day-to-day process done. But how do they go about understanding the business, right? Because, you know, most times uh, some of these young analysts are siloed in an organization. Uh, you know, they don't get to participate in some of these, uh, you know, cross-functional uh, meetings. Yeah. They just sometimes just told to do a certain things um, uh, around their work. So, you know, what did you do proactively to understand the business? Like, how did you go about figuring out what was the core business goals? You know, what was the objective of the business function that you were going after? So any tips and tricks that work for you? Yeah, the best, probably the best piece of advice that I got was um, go sit down with somebody in FP&A, ask Mm -hmm. them to open up the P&L, and explain it to you, right? Mm-hmm. How does this, and you'll quickly learn what your finance partners care about, what makes money, what doesn't make, right? Mm-hmm. Right? Where's where's the cost? Where's the, where's the, uh, where's the inputs and outputs, right? So I think, you know, I just, I think one of the, the key ways to learn the business is to look at it from a financial perspective, right? I mean, because ultimately it's financial incentives, right? So um, tying those two things together is really good. You know, and then I think, right, it, you, you, and you're right, as an analyst, you're not in the room, right, where where some of these discussions are happening. And it, it's it's also true, oftentimes, maybe you may do analysis and you give it to, you know, a boss or, or somebody else, and they go off and take it and talk about it. You're not in the room, and then they come back and, you know, there's more information about that. You know, I would say, you know, one of the things that um, I think, I got from my my legal career um, was that you know I I wasn't afraid to go talk to people regardless of title or hierarchy right I mean I I I kind of came into the job understanding that you know I you know I had to be able to talk with other lawyers with many more years of experience than I had. Uh, I had to be able to go stand toe to toe with them in front of a judge and make arguments. Mm-hmm. I just speak directly to judges who obviously were in a higher position, you know, of authority than me. I mean, like literally up on a bench above me, you know. So um, I think that that was one of the things that I think served me well is just just knowing that, hey, look, we're as a business are trying to accomplish things together. Right. So, you know, I can go talk to, you know, an FP&A analyst. Right. I can go talk to an HR analyst. I can go talk to, you know, any other person in the organization and say, Hey, help me, you know, we're doing this. Why are we doing this? Right. You know, oftentimes too, right. Um, you know, I would go to the the plan design team and, you know, I'd say, Hey, I'd love to take you to coffee and just understand this plan design thing. You know, why is it we, why do we have an inflection point in the pay line here? Right. Why, 
why is the accelerator here? Why do we decelerate, right? Just understanding kind of all of those different things. And, you know, hopefully you have people in your organization that are amenable to, to open to talking with you about, most people are going to be, if you just, if you ask them or offer to buy them a coffee or something, but, you know, it's just, you know, you gotta be a little bit of an extrovert if you want to mm-hmm. get yourself out there and, and that can be hard. So. Yeah, no, that makes a ton of sense, Dan. Um, obviously, you know, post Microsoft, you did uh, also transition uh, into some of the other roles to uh, currently at uh, eventually at Full Story, right? So, uh, and moving to different companies would have also meant, you know, learning a new business function, like a team setup and what the priorities are. Uh, what were some of the things that worked for you during these transitions? Yeah, so um, when I, so I actually got on with a small San Diego company called Care Fusion that was actually eventually purchased by BD. Got it. Um, and it was, uh, it, it was an interesting thing because I think I, I started in August with Care Fusion and in January they announced the purchase. So I, <laughs> you know, a few months later, I went into my supervisor's office and said, hey, am I still going to have a job? And <laughs> You know, she she kind of assured me and best she could, but you know, um, you know, it, so that was a, that was an interesting thing. But it it, it what, what I found in my career is that um, those times of great change, right, are the times where you can actually have the greatest impact um, uh, as as a sales compensation leader or partner, right? Because people are going to be looking to you, right? Through transitions, through difficult times um, to be able to say, you know, what what do we do? What's the, what's the best practice here? How are we gonna merge these two companies together, right? One of our biggest challenges was aligning our fiscal calendars, right? So we, we had to have a Q5, right? In order to get Got fiscal it. calendars aligned. So you have to come up with a whole plan and, and, and process around that. So, so yeah, so when I, you know, when I joined CareFusion, um, Bobby, it was, it was medical device. Um, and so it was actually me and one other person that were hired the same day. And I was on the capital side of things. So capital leases and purchases um, that hospitals were making my, my my friend who was like I said tired the same day works on the disposable side the reason um you know for you know tubing and stuff like that um and so yeah that that was and it was it, it was very different right than than software sales um and, and even you know when I was at Microsoft like I said I mean I was doing utilization based incentives right so I really wasn't in the core software sales part of of the design team but you know, for me, again, it started with, okay, I'm going to go talk to the VP of finance and I'm going to sit down with them and we're going to talk about everything that's going right, everything that's going wrong because they, you know, they hired me. So something had gone wrong. <laughs> so they had, they, they needed me to come in and kind of take a look at and, and kind of reach, reach through things. So, and, and then, you know, part of, you know, what I found there was, is that, you know, we you kind of fall back on governance, policies, principles, process, right? Um, as your foundation. And you anchor on that, um, you know, from a design and administration standpoint. And then, like, like I said, you just go in and talk to those people to understand, you know, this is a different business model entirely. Um, you know, the, the challenges with the type of contracts we sign, 
you know, software versus capital, totally different. Capital purchase versus capital lease, also totally different. How we recognize that revenue, when we recognize the revenue. So yeah, like I said, it was it was it was it was definitely a steep learning curve. Um, but you know, it's it's one of those things where you'd like I said fall back on those principles um, that you learned over time, and then also just acknowledge that hey, this this is all brand new. Um, and so you know, leaning on the people that are that are there to kind of help explain it to you, um, and then going to leadership and saying, you know, um, I'm here now. What you know? What are the what are the business priorities? You know, what are we trying to emphasize? Um, how are we going to grow? You know, things like that. Got it. And so uh, right now, Dan, for you as a sales compensation leader, you know, what are your top of mind priorities? Um, what are the things that you want to make sure? You know, you're absolutely, um, you know, set on from a sales compensation standpoint. You know, the main best practices that I have learned to adhere to in my career has been strong governance, strong principles, and strong process. Because, you know, a lot of, you know, as you're as you're going through a fiscal year, right, there's always going to be something that comes up that someone, either someone wants to change, someone that's not, something's someone feels like something's not working or maybe working too well, maybe it's too expensive, right? Um, and so having that foundation in place makes making some of those decisions just a lot easier, right? Um, particularly when it comes to things like exceptions. So having an exceptions process, tying that to your, your sales comp principles, um, and, you know, in, in, within your own company, you've got to decide what those principles are in collaboration with your HR partners, sales partners, and finance partners, right? So it's it's all, you know, you, you, you don't have those things. You work with them to set those up to something that everybody can agree on and everybody's on board with. And so when you do kind of either, you know, get to that next stage or that next year of design or even something comes up mid-year, you, tell, you fall back and look at those those governance principles um, and those philosophies that you have, and they, they they help to guide, you know. And then I think too, you know, some some sales comp jobs, you're either you know you may be just on the design side of things, you're not doing administration. Um, some you're just doing administration. Other people are doing design. I've been into position. I'm currently my current position. I do. I'm responsible for both. Um, at Microsoft, it was split up. At BD, it was split up. Then it came together. Then it was split up again. <laughs> Something that can happen in careers too. Um, but on the process side of it, you know, I am a big proponent of having process documented, having service level agreements with partners. What can we? What What do we need from you? What do you need from us? Right? It's always it should always be a give and take. Um, and process documents, right? Especially for, you know, your analysts, right? You shouldn't send your analysts off to go do something without guidance and without telling them exactly what it is they should be doing and what it is they should be looking for. Um, particularly if you have a process that is like a monthly recurring thing, right? And you got all these different boxes you need to check. You got to have that all documented, right? Um, auditors also like things like that too. Right. So um, it's always helpful to have all that documentation in place, what it is you're doing, why you're doing it, and in and, and all that process. So got it. 
and so uh dan obviously in your role currently you uh you know manage uh, a few endless uh you know sense companies there's one other and, yeah yeah we're a yeah. small team at full story right now got it uh and so what would your advice be uh, if you were to condense all your learnings uh for young professionals who are uh, coming into sales compensation you know how do they think about growing their career what's kind of the career path that you see uh, potentially for them and what are the things that they need to do uh, to uh, grow uh, as fast as they can yeah i mean i i think you know where things are today is very different than where i was at the beginning of my career because there's a lot there, there's so many platforms out there right mm -hmm. um and if you're an analyst you're going to get plugged into one of these platforms. Um, so, you know, what what I've tried to do is I've tried to say, okay, yep, do do the day-to-day, -day. be really, really good at the day-to-day -day and own that, right? Um, but then also don't be afraid to start getting into, you know, how those things work, right? Can you can you do break fix, right, in your in your platform? Can you learn how to not only just administer the platform, but program it or update it, right? If something goes goes haywire with it. Um, I think, you know, that's one of the most significant ways that someone could kind of grow quickly in the short term, right? And then I would say as well, like I said, just, you know, it, and it can be harder kind of in all the virtual environment now, right? Just because you're sitting at home, you're over Slack, right? But Sales comp, like I said, is is you're you're in the middle of all these different areas of the business with HR, finance, and sales, right? So people, you you are naturally going to be asked for information or analysis or data, right? So take advantage of those relationships, right? Take advantage of the fact that you know the HR business partner is coming to you and asking for such and such, right? Build that relationship, ask that person questions about you know, why, how, how do we recruit, right? Are, are we are we going for the 65th percentile versus marketplace, 50th percentile? Where are we at there, right? Um, your your, your FP&A partners or or your, your, your other finance partners are asking you for accruals, right? Or your payroll partners, right? Ask them about their job. What is it I can do to help you, to help you to make your job easier, right? Are there report or their automated reports I can generate, right? Um, because what's going to happen is the easier you make other people's jobs for what it is they're getting from you, they're naturally going to reciprocate and make your job easier. Um, and then you're adding value, right? You're you're going to be a collaborator. And so it's, it's building that collaboration muscle, right? Because if you do get an opportunity to go into design, that's when you're really you're, you're leading virtual teams, you're leading without direct authority, right? Um, and, and getting people to do work for you, right? All in the spirit of coming together, but it, it's really building that, that collaboration muscle with the opportunities that you have early on. Um, and then, you know, like I said, be proactive in your analysis, be proactive in finding, you know, finding things that are, are going right with the plan or going wrong. I mean, even if something is, is like you do analysis and you have a perfect bell-shaped curve of attainment and you bring that to somebody, they're, they're going to say, that's great. Thank you. Right. I mean, you know, I, I, a lot of times, you know, getting analysis out of tools can be sometimes hard. Um, right. So if, if you can, if you can be proactive and bringing that forward 
and bringing insights and showing people your business acumen. Mm-hmm. I think that that's one of the main things because as if you want to get into design, you have to have that business acumen. You have to understand the business, how it works, how we sell. Oh, that's fantastic because uh, you know very clearly, you know, data analytics and insights is one of the clear paths for uh, some of the young professionals to rise up because I think when you have insights, you get a seat at the table, right? Because uh, you have an information, you have something based on data uh, that's super valuable for uh, different functions. And uh, doesn't matter how much experience you have, you potentially could get the seat at the table uh, if you are able to bring up those insights because you're also closest to the problem, right? Because at the end of the day, these young professionals are, you know, uh, have a hands-on, you know, working on some of the, uh, you know, nitty gritties of sales compensation. So I think the best solutions uh, truly can come from people closest to the problem. And I think that's really uh, one of the things that, uh, you know, from your experience as well, as we see sales comp professionals should start to focus on. Um, yeah, ex- ex- exactly. And, and you know, I think, you know, one of the one of the things, too, is that you do, like you said, getting that seat at the table and then, you know, eventually, you know, you may be asked to do the analysis on, you know, scenario analysis, right? What if we do this? What if we do that? And then you're starting to get into, OK, this is this is design work, right? You're mm-hmm. you're just starting to participate in that. Better you do there, the the more you'll you'll have a voice. Yeah. Fantastic, Dan. Um, you know, as we get to the conclusion of this podcast, um, you know, what are the. Uh, you know, latest, I mean, how do you get your, uh, uh, pick up your latest trends or, uh, uh, you know, news on sales compensation? Uh, what what uh, resources do you go for uh, from your standpoint and what would you advise again for young professionals? Um, yeah, I, you know, I, I do appreciate the invitation to be part of this, <laughs> part of this group too, that I know you'd be talking about. But, um, you know, I, I, Fortunately, over my career, I've I've built some relationships over time, you know, so I've been able to reach out and just say, hey, what are you doing? What's going on with you sort of thing? Um, You know, if if there's one thing I learned from the recent World at Work conference is that we all have the same problems with everything, data, quota setting, you name it, right? A lot of people have the same issues, um, which means we all might do things a little differently. So it's good to, to reach out and have a network. Um, you know, I do subscribe to some some newsletters. I'm a World at Work member, right? So go to those conferences. I get you know some of the AGI newsletters and things like that. So perfect. Yeah, and I think at this point, I'd like to introduce to the audience uh, about our new uh, you know community for sales comp professionals. Uh, it's called Uncapped, U N C A P P D dot com. Uh, it's a community of you know sales compensation analysts, professionals, and leaders coming together to kind of share best practices, learnings, and really you know help uh, each other grow in their career as sales comp professionals. Uh, do check it out at uncappd.com, uh, uncapped.com. Uh, perfect, Dan. Um, finally, you know how can you know uh, audience the audience connect with you and learn more about your work. Well, I'm part of Uncapped now, so um, they join. They can find me there. Um, I'm also on LinkedIn. Uh, it's Dan Johnson. I work at Full Story. So, yeah, fantastic, Dan. Uh, it was you know great uh, having you on this podcast and learning from your unconventional journey into sales compensation, and then really see some of the things that you did that helped your career growth. And I think uh, some of the things that you mentioned around you know being proactive. Uh, understanding the business, 
uh, getting uh, more context and becoming more comfortable with data analytics i think will be super valuable to young professionals listening to this podcast so thanks again dan for joining and sharing uh, your journey uh, in salescom so far yeah thanks for having me it's a good talk oh as we wrap up this inaugural episode i'd like to thank dan for graciously sharing his expertise with all of us today i encourage you to take the insights you've gained and apply them to your journey Stay tuned for upcoming episodes where we'll continue to unravel the secrets of sales composition excellence. Until next time, this is Siva signing off.